Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham. And with me, a special guest, Michael Shinde. How you doing, Michael? How's it going, man? Oh, snap, dude. Look at this setup, bro. Look at this setup. Man, this is how my house, this is how I hang. Uh, well, this is the part of the podcast where I actually ask our guest, which is yourself, to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers out there of who you are, where you've been, where you're at, where you're heading. Uh, cool, man. So uh, right now I'm a senior concept artist at Riot Games, uh, working on Valorant, uh, mainly focusing on the environment, so maps and stuff. And then, let's see, prior to that, I was at Turtle Rock for about four, four years, something like that. Uh, doing the same thing, working on environments and stuff like that for Back for Blood, and then like two other games that never made it out. Uh, and then before that. Uh, I was working at outsourcing studio, um, doing like marketing art and stuff. And also I teach. So that's why I'm doing that like on the side as well. Yeah. You're doing 10 things at once. Well, uh, one, one of the things that I wanted to bring you on here and there's a lot of history here. I didn't use this kind of episode to catch up with you as well. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to kind of, uh, drive home is you've always been kind of doing remote before remote was cool. So I remember at Turtle Rock, you were kind of having like an agreement in place where you were able to kind of commute some days and stay home and others. And I think uh, with concept art, it's always been flexible in that way. I know a lot of concept guys that have always, you know, you guys were were the first uh, when it comes to freelancing and being able to work this flexible schedule. So it wasn't too surprising that you kind of had like this, this agreement uh, going on. But it, do you mind kind of talking about, was it, I remember it was like for personal reasons, but also the advantages of that. Uh, the Turtle Rock was kind of flexible when it came to to things like that. Do you mind kind of going to dive in deep into the deal? How was it when the, you first brought it up? Was it alarming? Was it part of the deal when you got hired? You know, when you're like, hey, this is I, this I, I need this to kind of work if you want me to come here. Yeah. Uh, so for so, yeah, it was like it was way before COVID or anything like that happened. So like the the expectations back then were a little bit different. Um, it, it it was mainly driven by personal stuff, like with family things. Um but I, yeah, I, did, I had to like bring it up before I got hired and make sure that they were definitely okay with it because, you know, obviously like at that time, the standard for, for like most studios was that they wanted to have everybody there like five days a week, um, which is understandable because, you know, I think at that time they were companies were just like hesitant about uh, remote workers. I think even, I've heard some stories, uh, I won't say where of people getting let go when they've brought it up. So when they brought up that they would, they would need to work remote for whatever reason. So I was, I was a little surprised that they were able, they were okay with it. And I think part of it was, uh, I think maybe part of it was because of the personal reason that I had, uh, and then maybe some of it was timing, like they needed somebody. Uh, so they were like maybe letting it slide. I don't know, but yeah, it was, it was an uncommon thing. Um, but thankfully like it worked out. Um, and, and, and two, I think with what you mentioned with concept art, like being kind of at the forefront of remote, right. Um, it kind of makes sense that they allowed it, I guess, because like with, with 3d guys, right. Like with what you used to do with the environment stuff, um, it's like almost, I mean, back then, right. Like way more difficult to to pull off mainly just because you'd have to have the engine on your computer at home and all these other things. And, and getting that set up for somebody was way more difficult than just having to like put Photoshop on a computer. Right. (laughs) And then, and then whatever 3d program, if they used one. Right. Uh, And then 
like Dropbox or whatever, you know? So yeah, I, it was, it was a, it was a weird setup, but thankfully yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, um, concerns, right? Uh, when it comes to integration, like what 3d or any other disciplines, there's always security issues that comes with that. So either they send you a rig and have it set up to you. Um, it was a very rare thing. I mean, I only saw that before I kind of met you and was working at Turtle Rock, it was very reserved to lead levels where they used to work there because of family or whatever the reason they had to bounce to a different state. But instead of the company letting them go completely, they kind of worked out this deal. So it was one of those things to kind of paint a picture before COVID. It was one of those things where it existed, but only to a very selected few, very favored uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how we saw you over at the studio, Michael. You were favorited, right? I was like, what, what favorited, the fuck? Yes. This guy can <laughs> bounce in and out, whatever. But a lot of it, too, is what you said. I think because of concept art, you guys had very limited necessity for tools that kind of helped with transition. Uh, but I will, will say that Turtle Rock was, um, you know, was ahead of its uh, time because they did that for a couple other people, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did for a couple. Of, yeah, you know, everybody has like their. I can't speak to everybody's situation, right? But like everybody had their own like reasons why they were allowed to do it. And, and I think you're right. You know, with the whole seniority thing, uh, where that was more common, right? Like you had to be working. Actually, I think they had this in place while I was there. Like when I got hired, they said that you could, I think, work from home. No, maybe I'm, I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure, like 85% sure that they had like a policy that said that you could work from home after you had been there for like a year or something like that. Um, but I was able to like kind of skip that line for some other personal reasons. Um, but yeah, but to be fair, also, um, while I did do some working from home, I also was getting up at four in the morning to leave at five to be there at six uh on certain days where i had to leave early because of certain things so instead of working from home i would do that schedule which was brutal <laughs> yeah and i think you left one most important part is like you were talented i think because you were good they allowed that if you were completely trash right they wouldn't trust you to kind of do with this <laughs> yeah, yeah because a lot of it is self-moderation right i think uh, a lot of studios now that are struggling with this you have these middle managers, producers type that uh, are really having a hard time go, going along with this Zoom call only management, right? And um, to kind of let you do that at that time was a lot of trust that you are able to deliver, right? So, uh, and I think a lot of students had a lot of issues with that at the beginning, but are kind of forced into this situation. But yeah. uh, you said it wasn't easy, right? You had to do the crazy commute. A lot of it was your 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 you were not just because you of personal reasons, but you did live far away and you couldn't move any closer to the studio, right? Um, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Choice. I could, yeah, I couldn't move any closer. And again, that was tied to like personal stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, dude, the commute was brutal, bro. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, it's you know, it, on yeah. on average, right? Like, it was uh, forty to an hour, you know. And then on on days where it was like tremendously bad, it was anywhere from an hour and a half to sometimes two hours. Yeah. I remember I commuted with a coworker once, um, cause she lived in the same, the same city as me and, and it took us two hours to get to work and that's with carpool, you know? So yeah. I, I definitely, I miss the commute sometimes because, you know, with COVID and everything, like you, you are always at home and you yeah. miss the studio vibe, but also I missed you know, going through a billion audiobooks, yeah. <laughs> you know, and podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, that's something that I, I do a lot less now that I don't commute. So that's one thing I miss about it at the very least. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that alone time that, um, I'm sure as a family man, uh, you miss. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> You're I like, mean, I gotta yeah. go to work, babe. But this is not my choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do understand, obviously we, prefer to be at home uh i mean we always listen to podcasts doing other things but there is that that piece that you do find during commuting like i'm with you man I've, I've done the reverse commute uh being in orange living in orange county i usually go to la which is i think the normal 
normal version of the commute. <laughs> Not many people go to Orange County unless they're, they work at Blizzard or something uh, to, 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 to make that sacrifice, right? But, you know, OC, LA, LA to OC uh, in California is the worst the worst um uh, would drive by three accidents (laughs) every day or something this one time i think i told you right this one time we were driving and you know as we are super sleepy super early and i just drove past a motorcycle in the carpool lane with nobody on it i was like where the fuck is the guy (laughs) oh my god bro (laughs) yeah so he flew somewhere and i was like and it was basically months after where i decided like i can't do this i gotta ride the train or something then it's too dangerous yeah. it's just a matter of time that you're gonna hit someone right even though it added 20 minutes but the reason why i want to illustrate how difficult it was pre-pandemic and why uh you were at the front lines of this is for that very reason right there's a lot of good jobs out there that um unfortunately a lot of these good jobs are in centralized like expensive city it's like in the center of like a very expensive place so what you see is 40 minutes 50 minutes out are where actual employees would live (laughs) and they have to go into these inner cities or uh expensive areas to kind of work and uh, like you said man it's you were you're saying two hours each way sometimes uh that's a lot of time four hours your day just just destroyed right yeah yeah for what (laughs) so uh i want to kind of go into the next part where uh you know i I think a lot of people are still actually having issues with this and for me personally i always thought when it comes to office politics right that happens in the office right i thought that was it right all right so when people work at home all this problem would be solved right uh which was not the case and there's like three, four reasons to that. But like, I would say the first reason would be maybe in part, in addition to the office politics, but self-management, right? So I want to kind of hear, you know, your, your, your first trial and error of when you were self-managing. And a lot of people now are, are having a difficult time with that, with you said, you know, family coming in, barging in whenever they want to, not having your alone time. So creatively, yes, those commute times were terrible, like you were saying, but it was really good to kind of sit there and let things kind of happen, right? Which I feel nowadays I don't really have, you know, I'm trying to just basically occupy my mind uh, doing things all the time. So I want to kind of hear like your first stages of that and now where you feel like your expert level, uh, what the differences are. At least That's for you. Question. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, my, my career kind of started as a work from home. Um, cause like I was doing, I was working at outsource studio and it was a remote outsource studio too. Yeah. So I, I guess you go way back. <laughs> yeah. Like way back. Right. Yeah. Back in, uh, what was it? 2015 is, you know, that when that started, I think, I mean, not way back. Right. So Bro, have you like even even been in an office? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. The only guy I know that's been. been like a straight shot all the way yeah. through at home yeah, all yeah. the time. All right, that's nice. Um, I you know it's funny. Like I've only been into the riot office once to like pick up once or actually you know like twice to pick up or lunch and drop off stuff. Yeah, I didn't even grab. You know the sad part? I didn't grab a coffee from the from the like crazy freaking coffee thing that they have there, and I didn't grab yeah. food. I just yeah. like went in and went out, wow. but, but uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I started as remote. So I, learning self-time management was, I guess, started there. Right. And that was, I, I was definitely like pretty strict on myself about it at the beginning um, because I was trying to, I was still trying to figure out how my working process was and how long it would take me to do things. Cause Cause when I, when I started at that company, I was still in school. I was, I hadn't graduated yet. So I was on I'm top, like on top of working there, <laughs> on top of working there, I was still doing like a four class load at Academy of Art University. Damn. Um, yeah. So, so I, I guess you could say in, in order to not get fired, I had to Academy learn. Academy Art, to, you're from the Bay originally? I'm from, I'm from uh, Torrance, like South Bay uh, oh, okay. near Los Angeles, but I went up there yeah, for uh, school. To learn, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like in order to not get fired, like I had to make sure like I was able to balance those things to, 
you know, which was critical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially since it was like my first intro into the industry, I didn't want to let, let my boss down, especially since I, I really wanted to work there at the time I was, it was actually like the company I was shooting to work for. And I was thankfully like able to get it. Um, and then like with the whole turtle rock thing, I, um, I, th- I think at that point I was, I was like pretty good at self-managing and like knowing that, you know, if you have an eight hour workday, uh, I didn't need the full eight hours to get what I needed done. I could get most of most, if not all of my tasks done within like a four hour block, if I had it like, and sometimes even less than that. Right. Like, I mean, I haven't, thankfully I haven't worked at a studio where I've had to crunch pretty, pretty bad. You know, and most of the times concept doesn't have to crunch anyways. Um, very few exceptions, but like there's some, there's some studios out there where that happens, but I've, I've been able to avoid it. Um, so like for me, if I can get like a three to four hour window in my day to purely just like sit down and focus. And that's the only thing that I'm doing, then I'll be okay. And then the rest of the time it's either like meetings, lunch, like lunch. And I'm sure like you remember, right. With turtle rock, you know, lunch was anywhere from like an hour to, you know, hour and a half, maybe, you know, <laughs> um, brainstorming. Yeah. They were brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. We're out there, you know, getting work done. They just don't, they just don't know it. Um, so so yeah. And, and then with, with where I'm at now, like I started, I started as a remote employee at riot. So I, you know, again, following the same trend, uh, and that the same thing with turtle rock, right. That, that mindset has still just carried over. I just have gotten better at, uh, managing it, I guess. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, I think just as you start to know yourself better as an artist, you realize like how long it's going to take you to do things. And as long as you have the, the mental discipline to, to make sure that you don't slack off, uh, you know, you should be fine, I guess. <laughs> Everybody's uh, well, different, you know, I know everyone is different. And I kind of want to ask you on that. So, you know, you've been kind of in the game of remote working for a long time. Are, are you seeing like similar mistakes that colleagues are making that you made at the beginning? Are you seeing inefficiencies now that managers are remote? Like what I, I would love to hear your perspective since you've been doing this for a while and you had it, you know, both ways where you had managers in the office and telling you what to do, but now they're remote. Do you see, you know, every studio is different, but at least in your experience, what have you Uh, been able to observe? Well, I I think the position I'm in now, um, because I'm like a senior concept artist, I, my, and and this is also like a testament to the manager uh, that I have. So he's very good about trusting uh, his team and making sure that, you know, he's going to hire people that he believes can do the work without him having to be on them all the time. So, you know, I I guess that's just, you know, having, that's like what a good manager would look like, you know, someone who hires (laughs) trustworthy people that are going to be able to manage themselves and, and, you know, just kind of nudge them if they need it. Right. But I I think in the, I have, I guess like in the office, um, I was, I was the same way where I wanted to be the type of artist that was, I didn't like being managed per se, like, you know, having somebody over my shoulder. I I think I actually work worse when somebody is constantly trying to, uh, yeah, like look over me and, and like micromanage. Uh, and I would say at Turtle Rock, at least in studio, they were the opposite of that or, or they, they were like very kind of hands-off, I think in some regards, at least for environments. Right. I know some of the character stuff, like they were very hands-on because they were like very passionate about characters, but for maps uh, on all, I think in all three games that I worked on there um, maps was pretty chill in terms of manager style and producers and stuff. Like, especially for concept um, I've never felt, super pressured and stuff. Um, and then as that transitioned into remote work, uh, you know, I mean, again, that was like at the beginning of the pandemic and everybody was trying to figure stuff out. Um, but I don't feel like the, I don't feel like the management style changed too much. If anything, it just made it more difficult because of having to do the zoom stuff, which I can't, you know, that was an adjustment for everybody. So I can't necessarily say it was only because the managers or whatever, you know, 
when everybody's trying to adjust to this new like world that you're living in, you know, there's an expectation that there's going to be some growing pains in all departments. Yeah. Well, what, what are your impressions in? Because that, that's quite new, right? I'm, did the, the amount of meetings for you increase when you had officers, uh, managers in the office versus now where everyone's kind of remote? Uh, meetings increased. Let me try and think back. I, yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, I, I think when you're working at a studio and you have meetings, I, sometimes I didn't mind. I didn't mind that, you know, cause it was a chance to like, to get everybody on the team together. And, you know, it's a, it's a meeting, right. But like, you're also like, it's, it's game dev, you know, it's like, it's fun. It's not like you're going at least most of the time, you know, there's some meetings that are freaking boring, dude, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't think it uh, probably increased. I don't know, mainly because it's just communication things. You can't just go walk up somebody's desk. It was, it was, I, I've been at riot for a sec now and I kind of forget Toro rock stuff sometimes, but I feel like it, uh, Maybe it's, for good reasons. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. I mean, no, dude. Like, I, you know, yeah, you had fun. Yeah, it's quirks, you know, for sure. But I think overall, like, my impression of Turtle Rock was good. good time. And a lot of that, a lot of that is like, you know, you and and the whole crew and stuff like that. You know, people make the studio. Um, yeah. I'm a I'm a big big proponent of like, if you work with dope people, then no matter the studio, you'll probably enjoy your time there significantly yeah, more <laughs> yeah. yeah than if you were working on like your dream project but you didn't but you weren't like connecting with anybody on the team or whatever i'd much prefer the opposite like, yeah any day. well i mean you're a lot wiser than i was um <laughs> starting i mean it, always, it wasn't always like that you know like when i was yeah. at when i was at one pixel i was i was still in that mindset for sure but then i'll be honest like i wasn't I never thought like, Oh, Hey, I really want to work at Turtle rock, you know, and that's nothing against them. It was just, um, you know, when you're young and you're your getting into the industry, really yeah. yeah, your sites are like, I want to work at blizzard. I want to work at riot, naughty dog, all these like huge names at the time that were doing all these groundbreaking stuff. Right. Um, and Turtle rock is like a relatively small studio, but you know, I got there and, and you meet like all of these people that, you know, in some cases, right. They're going to be your friends for, you know, your entire life, you know, and that was what happened to me. And, um, yeah. So like, again, I can't be a, a bigger proponent for that, for that type of, I guess, path, <laughs> if you want to yeah. call it that. Well, I, I would say this, you know, despite my experience of good or bad, I've always, like you said, met some good people, uh, at every single place I've been at. And I think that is the takeaway. Um, you know, uh, you know, at that point when I was at Turtle Rock, I went the opposite. You know, I started AAA all the way through to then and wanted something different and wanted something smaller. And so I went to Turtle Rock and yeah. uh, I met you guys, which made it super fun. And there were a lot of things that Turtle Rock uh, did that was awesome, uh, you know, in terms of um, you know, the perks and everything. It was great. And it was in Orange County, which is my my hometown or home county. Uh, that's where I spent most of my time growing up. So I wanted to be near here. Uh, there's not a lot of places here. Uh, even today, uh, to today, I know Obsidian is still around. They got bought by Microsoft. So that's a little point up. Uh, and the, the people who made um, that VR game is around and they got bought yeah, by the Lone Echo Studio. Yeah. Lone Echo. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a little up. And then there's Blizzard, of course. And then there's Turtle Rock. There's not a lot. And then Amazon Studio. Amazon, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to <laughs> yeah. count them. So it's, it sounds like a lot, right? But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it depends much. on like what you want to choose from. You know, I don't like, to be honest, the the choices that you listed off, I'm like, mm, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would love to kind of hear your thoughts. You know, you've been obviously you're at a great place right now you're pretty happy there it's one of your dream studio i'm guessing through college um what what has your has your view changed in terms of what you look for right in in studios now uh besides i mean it sounds like you guys have it all over at riot but you know let's just say an alternate universe What, what, what are the things that are most important to you where it definitely needs to hit and other things don't hit. Uh, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think 
still, if, if I had the opportunity to work with like a, a group of people that, you know, I knew I got along with that would for sure. And, and, you know, the thing is the longer you work in the industry too, like the, the, the easier that will be to fulfill because you know more people. Right. Um, so that's like still pretty big, but I, th- I think with the, with riot, um, it was kind of like a dream studio. And I actually never thought that I would work here because I didn't have, like, if you look at my work, none of it really fits riots, like typical aesthetic, you know? And and the the reason why I got it was because I have one or two things in my portfolio that really fit. And I actually like specifically catered for applying to riot. Um, So that, you know, that's how that worked out. But you know, in terms of like what I look for in a studio, I, I, I want to work, uh, on a game that I'm passionate about where I enjoy playing it, you know, and that's kind of what I have right now. Um, with, with Valorant, I really enjoy the art style. I like, it's like stylized and semi-realistic at the same time, but I don't do like any photo bashing work. Basically it's all like drawing and painting and stuff, which is what, I, I really enjoy doing now because I spent a lot of years uh, doing photo bashing stuff. And I actually have grown to very much dislike that type of work and that working method. Um, and like, there's a whole, there's like a whole bunch of reasons for that too. But I guess like the main one would be uh, I, I kind of used photo bashing as a crutch at like the beginning of my career in order to, significantly level up the way that my work looked. Um, and it worked, right? Like I was able to get jobs and stuff for companies that were looking for that type of work, but it, it also hindered me in some ways that I maybe didn't realize at the time where I, you know, I could have been stronger in designing in line work and not relying on 3d and photos to kind of carry me through in certain cases. Um, so, so all that to say, I, I think, I've just gotten tired of doing the photo bash stuff because I feel it feels robotic to me. It also reminds me of the, of these like things that um, I don't like doing anymore or problems I had in my work process. I'm still trying to resolve and I'm trying to make sure I don't use it as a crutch. Yeah. Um, And that's why I like, I like where I'm at now because that challenges me like on a daily basis where I'm doing line work, I'm doing just strictly painting. It's all like design stuff, which is, you know, a lot more fulfilling, I think, than, than photo-based stuff. Um, so yeah. So, you know, when it comes to what I look for in a studio, something that can fulfill that itch for me, you know, that, that wanting to like, like actually create, you know, without outside influence and having to spend Google, you know, time on Google all the time. (laughs) Uh, and, and then making sure that the team itself um, you know, if I, if like, even if it's like a new, like a new team entirely, right. The team itself is going to be really dope. And I kind of feel that the, the Valorant maps team has that same vibe that I was getting from turtle rock where everybody was like really close, you know, every, like it was, it's hard to explain to the people that, that maybe haven't experienced it before. But, you know, when I say like everybody is close, you know, I, like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and that's, that's like really, really cool if you can get that. Yeah, it's uh, no backstabbing, uh, yeah, <laughs> caring yeah. for each other's <laughs> career and work. Uh, it, it is, it is, it is. It sounds like one of those things that is easily obtainable, but it, once you get into like a groove of people that you want to actually hang out with outside of work, I don't think I got there with you guys. I don't think I hung out with you guys outside of work, but I know a lot of you guys did. I was almost there, right? But uh well, you know, I mean, you're a busy guy, dude. You're yeah. a busy guy. But yeah, yeah, we I think we play basketball. Like we would invite you to basketball, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah, we play ball and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh and I agree with you like uh well, I I kind of want to touch on this topic a bit, you know, the photo bashing stuff. It seems like every concept artist I talk to don't like it, but it's so widely used maybe because it's efficient, but is there ever a way to kind of get rid of that? Or, I mean, is it just too advantageous where art directors just love that shit? <laughs> because I, I every mean, concept yeah. artist I talk to never likes that process. Never. I think that if anything, it's just getting easier to do now. Yeah. Uh, 
and the techniques are just getting more crafty where it's, you know, it's, it's looking better and it doesn't take as much time. And, um, in some cases, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's going to go away. Um, and art directors do fucking love it. Sorry. I'm not allowed to cuss, but yeah, you can cuss. Um, Fuck yeah, you can. (laughs) Um, yeah. Art directors, you know, in most cases they like it unless, unless you're at a studio where it's, they definitely don't do that type of stuff. Um, but you know, like I said, it's, it's one of those processes where it's, it's much easier to learn how to photo bash than it is to learn how to paint, uh, well, you know, yeah. because, because photo bashing, you're just taking something and altering the altering it, but it's already there. It's already like a thing that exists. Right. So, um, it's much easier to teach somebody how to attach like a bunch of adjustment layers to an image that you cut out and paste it in there. Um, that to teach somebody like how to render, uh, like a highlight that's, that's warm. And then the shadows are cool on the other side. Right. And, yeah. and why, why it should be that way and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, because at that point you're, you're creating something from scratch rather than something that's already halfway or three quarters of the way done. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a shame that it's that way. Cause, um, you know, I, I, I think just, I, I prefer the painted stuff now, but I, that's all just personal opinion, but you know, again, I don't think it's going to go away. It's just going to get faster and faster, especially with tools that are coming out and things like, uh, Nvidia. <laughs> yeah. Nvidia's all their AI crap that they're, they're doing. That's making it crazy too. Uh, and then, and then also too, with, um, Epic's, uh, material library that they have for free now, yeah. that stuff is just, and, and then you combine that with things like blender, which is also free. So it's like, you know, it's it's very very easy to make high quality photorealistic work for minimal effort but the problem again the problem with that is a lot of kids like a lot of students they don't learn how to uh properly design something because they think that since everything is at their fingertips already uh you know you don't you can kind of skip that process and i've seen that a lot in the students that i've taught where you can tell some that they've they've watched like the tutorial videos and stuff on how to do this specific process, but then they are missing the composition and the lighting fundamentals and design principles and stuff like that, that, that make your photo bashed image read well. Um, and that's a shame, you know, because I, I went through that a bit at the beginning of my career and, and in school and stuff. And if I could go back and, make sure that I fix those things at the beginning, I would definitely be more well off. So I'm trying to make sure that my students don't make those same mistakes because they can be unhard to, un- they can be hard to unravel once they are, they're set in place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I think all disciplines are kind of going through a, a similar cycle where these tools are getting so much stronger. Uh, it is really up to the creative to uh take it up the notch right uh where the default is already good but to make it great uh you basically have to go uh back to fundamentals all these things that we learn in these books that we ignore uh like bring all that knowledge uh and when the tool is just a tool set right yeah like even with 3d art same thing man there's characters i always make fun of characters because they are kind of like the glory uh prop right (laughs) and a lot of of character (laughs) artists don't like hearing that but it's a glorified prop uh but like (laughs) you know there's just like insulting that you can say (laughs) it's the most insulting oh bring it on right (laughs) so both both disciplines respect each other but it's a glorified prop uh but like you know we we have meta humans we're having all these you know they're going through a mocap uh animation phase right now where yeah you can basically build a character kind of like <laughs> those world wrestling federation games right you make your own avatar which is a very smart yeah, yeah. way of doing it it won't cover everything but if that tool continues to develop it becomes a very accessible thing where you can adjust, make it look like a certain way, and then it's auto-rigged and has a full set of animation already set. Yeah, but that's a huge time saver where, yeah. uh, like you say, with photo bashing, uh, photo bashing is very approachable for me. I don't draw, right? But I feel like I can get there with it. But it is uh, 
completely boring uh, to you guys. But at the same time, I don't have the fundamentals that you guys have, uh, or I would say a conceptual visual library that you guys have to rely on to make the composition interesting and and, and draw from, right? I still got to do Google search and stuff. So there's a lot of steps that is being cut out. And I think it becomes a problem uh, later down in line when we're becoming more senior and lead level and we have to come up with something out of nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, and you build a career building something out of something else, it's very hard to kind of suddenly become that artist <laughs> and be original, right? And I think that's kind of what you're saying that if you rely on these tools too much to kind of make the final art look good for now, uh, when it becomes time to step up, where, to be fair, most people don't have that opportunity to kind of make something uh, and, and call the shot on it, right? Most people are uh, going to be, you know, uh, assembly line workers, right? Which is fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it is a, 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 it is one of the reasons why that when you do move up the ladder in the industry, that there's only one pinnacle lead, right? One pinnacle art director and like a lot of other people, right? <laughs> mm. But uh, I, 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 I do see a similar thing happening in all disciplines, even environment and art, man. They are coming out with uh, AI-driven world building. <laughs> right? Crazy, yeah. Mega scans, I mean, yeah. you know, props or being mm-hmm. picture, photographed. And then... Yeah, I mean, that's in, the that's you know. the thing, right? Like, mega, mega scans is your guys' photo bashing, right? Yep. Essentially. I mean, yep. yeah. I, and, and again, that leaks into concept art because we're, we're using the same stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, if you again, if you don't know how to put an, uh, a scene together and make make it pleasing, you know, you can have all these great scans and stuff and, and textures, but it's just still going to be like a blobby mess or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like going back to the whole like fundamentals thing. Like I've, I've been uh, I'm in the middle of designing a 15 week course for for the school that I teach at. And the first couple of weeks are going back to it, going back to fundamental stuff where it's uh it's doing like ellipses and cubes and perspective and you know how to plot an ellipse on like a slope and things like that and um a lot of things that i learned back in the day but definitely just forgot how to do because i never had to really use it in in my everyday work right because with photoshop there's a bunch of different tools that you can use to kind of fake it or whatever but it's actually been really enjoyable to kind of pick up the books that I have in my, my art book library and, and look back through them. Yeah. Yeah. It does go like this, like dusting <laughs> off the freaking, the, you know, the centuries worth of dust. You know? Um, yeah, it's actually been really enjoyable to go back and, and see those, um, and just do these little exercises, but I'm recording myself do these exercises and trying to s- describe like how I'm doing it. So that's been really fun. And I think if, students can find joy in that also you know it, it would be super beneficial for them but sometimes it's just boring right yeah. people think it's yeah, I, mean, I used yeah. to think it was boring until i until and I they still think it's boring <laughs> your students like why is he not showing us photo about you don't want to make cool shit <laughs> i mean like, that's just that, that week eight all right it's unfortunate but the cycle repeats yeah i was in those classes too man doing color theory and all this bullshit i was like when, yeah. when, when do i get to the 3d but now now that i'm older i'm appreciating those fundamentals and i like oh man i wish i prayed paid more attention to design principles right and then like even topography I, which was i thought was bullshit i was like oh now i understand why <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll you blow know? your eyes as you think back uh, on yeah it. so this is one of those things that yeah i know the, the ones that get it obviously were excelling but i think as uh, as a whole most students kind of ignore that stuff which yeah, we want to do the cool shit, right? I, I was one of the those people. I was like, why am I not learning how to 3D model, man? It's been like year one one and a half year in. I haven't touched <laughs> yeah, a 3D yeah. model program. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you usually uh, have this stupid pencil in your hand, bro. Like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, why am I drawing this dude, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I definitely uh, uh, see that happening now. It's, um, um, I think it's one of those things that as... Uh, Funny enough, I think as the industry matures right now, that tools are being so easily accessible and students can make good looking work, right? And then the the gap between good and great is like, I feel like 
incrementally getting smaller because there's so many tools at disposal to kind of make these really fast that the edge is actually what you're saying going back to the fundamentals uh to 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 make your composition that much better right uh yeah. you just got an ultra zoom it's like that's why this is better it's like oh okay because like the thing with world building and everything that i'm seeing is uh there's with mega scans you can throw a bunch of art in the scene in the same amount of time before right but now I'm like my eyes are bleeding from too much detail, right? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that with a lot of games, it's like too much like going on in this corner right now. Uh, it's like you don't need to see that much. So it's yeah. like that subtraction is actually it's actually I feel what makes a lot of games come out because you know how many zombie games in the apocalyptic world can you see? Uh, dude, if you're, you see so it all. many, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's also part of the reason why I I, I got. You know, I was tired of the photo bashing stuff. And then also too, with the realism thing where, um, you know, like at that, at that time, everybody was trying to chase the, the, like the last of us and uncharted yeah. type, like realism or whatever, you know, there's still. Games too, but like, yeah, yeah still. it's still, still yeah. right. Um, but after a while, it's like, you know, I think like the reason why those games look, look really good is because they, they knew how to self edit and do, yeah. uh, materials that they, they were very very meticulous with the way that they designed their materials and the value groupings and things so that it didn't feel super noisy. But then you have a lot of games that just aren't doing that uh, and the way they crafted like lighting as well. Um, and, and, you know, for me, I just got a little tired of that type of stuff, which is why like for me, stylized artwork is more appealing now because it's a lot more self self editing and design like color choices yeah like yeah. It, like when you do stylized stuff it, it you know with or with realism you can get away with a little bit more right you don't you can you can kind of fudge some things in terms of like design um but with stylized stuff if the design is off it will really show through because you know you're not you're you don't have like a bunch of detail to kind of hide yeah. things you know that's why things like tf2 and overwatch and stuff like that they're they're so successful for their time um because the the way that they handled like character silhouettes and, yeah. and environment designs and things like that. It was so um, like, I guess you could say simple, right? Deliberate. Everything was deliberate. Yeah. I, I think if we, uh, I think I've noticed the last, last year and a half, um, <clears throat> the, the, the most popular games, the AAA games are leaning towards stylized now more than realism. Of course, there's a lot of realism games, but you know, if you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, I would kind of lean that more towards stylized a bit, right? Uh-huh. Because it is a made-up fantasy world. Uh, still based on realism, but like obviously this concept team had fun with that, right? They've still probably yeah. photo bash, not quite there. But I would say this because you guys have to hand draw that shit in stylized concept. That's why there is less is more. <laughs> you know, no one yeah. wants to like yeah. do too much lines. <laughs> you uh, guys are like, no, this is better. It's like someone, that concept artist. Yeah. We're like no, dude, you having to us. It's, it's yeah. design principles. We're just lazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that first concept or the, that was developing arthritis, right? It was like, no man, this is, this is where the industry is going. This is where, where, this is where it's you want at me right to draw now. how many wires, bro? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. How many houses do I got to hand draw this shit? This is a this is a flat wall, dude. That's actually why Valorant's successful. Is we're just yeah. a bunch of lazy concept artists, and we're just we're just making flat walls, dude. But yeah. That's well, I mean, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't know. Is he the lead that you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yam is the lead. Yeah, I, I make yeah. fun of Yam all the time because it's like, all right, man, you're just drawing boxes with colors on it. <laughs> Good job. <Yeah. laughs> somehow, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is just a box, dude. That's every, that's all it is on Valorant. Yeah. Just yeah. different colors boxes different different shapes just rectangles all over the place (laughs) what i do love what you guys do is uh uh when you you guys were first like uh coming out with that thing and uh you know i was a huge fan of counter-strike counter-strike was my first first person shooter introduced to that genre right so when i saw that gameplay that you guys were doing with like your own twists and then uh varied designer levels like you said like boxy <laughs> right designers love boxes right uh i thought it was perfect um uh the way that you were designing it and it, it was just a great i love the environment i love the characters i love the gameplay so you know for the longest time i was making fun of riot of being like a a one game studio <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but now since i don't know what happened man uh, like since then you guys lot, been killing it yeah. uh uh since then mm-hmm. valorant being like i think the second announced game or third or something that that was uh killing it but um i do see that 
and uh and and what you guys are doing that is leading the industry but i believe also because everything is over photo bash for the longest time that it is starting to look the same right um and the realist the the irony of people kind of looking at the last of us as like the way to do post-apocalyptic uh it's kind of becoming very formulaic now in terms of the art direction it's like how can i tell from this game to the next and i I think slowly the industry is finally learning it's like we can't do this um it's bad for us because we don't stand out but uh you know for 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 the customers out there i'm starting to kind of bleed them together and clump that that whole game genre together so it doesn't help me feel attracted to that game even though i like it you know uh there was that game was it the day before today or something something stupid I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, day before today, it's a zombie. It, it's supposed to. It, it's basically the division with zombies, right? Oh God. Okay. So the yeah. so the premise is interesting because you know I never played the division for you know clunky reasons, uh, but like yeah, I would love to hang out in a zombie infested world. But I mean, first of all, the name is stupid. Day before yesterday, day before today is yesterday. So it's like no one talks like that. What and second of all, <laughs> the way it looks. Yeah, it was just very, it was exactly what Last of Us would look like in the open world. But, you know, I don't think that's enough anymore. If you look at the biggest games the last couple of years during the pandemic, it was Fall Guys, Valorant. Um, what else was there? Uh, well, Fortnite dominated. Um, yeah. And of course, you have Warzone, but that's Call of Duty. That's kind of a category of its own. But like there was a lot of games the last two years and uh that that were i would say not the norm right um these games used to not dominate the realistic games uh yeah. unless you're nintendo mm-hmm. right so I, I definitely see that that trend kind of moving towards and probably it's you guys complaining all the time uh concept guys who are just like hey i can draw it's like do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you yeah sometimes like i think i can um, you want to know what's crazy, bro, is, is back in the day, like at, when I was doing the outsourcing stuff, um, and even a little bit at Turtle Rock, there was this process where if you would, if you spent a bunch of time, like cutting out a photo, you know, yeah. for, let's say it's like street objects and stuff, um, you would take a, you would open a PSD and you would just place that cutout into the PSD for later use, like instead of uh, having to find another one, right. For like basic objects. But then sometimes you know, that process started to get to the point where you're cutting out things that were specific. And dude, I've seen, I've seen concepts where the same thing, like the same object was like in multiple different concepts or like one or two different concepts, because there was like a group of artists, like a group of concepts, like from outsourcing or whatever that were using the same, like cut out PSD, like alpha stuff, you know, they would just like collect a library of them that the entire team would use. So then you start seeing repeated objects just all over the place. Yeah. You know, like they, they, they would hide it pretty well. Right. But in some cases, if you had a good eye, you could tell. Um, it's like Disney so animation. Like, <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just yeah, copy rotoscoping. Just, yeah. 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 They would just rotoscope the same movie. What was it? That was uh, um, Jungle Book. Right. And yeah. And Winnie the Pooh or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So stuff like that, you know, it's crazy. And and. I don't know. Yeah, you just get you're just like baffled at some some of that stuff. Uh just a little laziness. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's one of those things that yeah, as as a trained eye, you know, uh, let's just call them nerds. Concept nerds can catch it, right? Concept nerds, yeah. <laughs> but that but you know, the point being is that that leaks into into games, you know. Yeah. Like that, it does. That yeah. will that will slowly trickle down into into the three D guys. No, no, I, I I definitely see it. Like over like it, uh, as a blip, right? You don't notice it. Only like the the train eye can see it. But now that you have mega scans, now that you have metahuman, what you're gonna see the next few years is the same looking characters, the same looking environments, and uh, you know, as a bundle, it, it starts to devalue the the game, the story that you're trying to tell. Whatever game that you're putting out with these same assets, it's people are gonna be distracted by it. It's like I, I thought I saw this. Yeah familiar mood in another game i just 
played, right? And they just turn off, even if the game design is dope, right? But that that's the problem with recycling. I mean, it's the number one reason why uh, people hate sequels, right? Or franchise games, right? Now we're sharing assets across multiple games, sharing the same photo bashing techniques, right? Yeah. It does, uh, I think, bring the industry down a notch eventually. Um, yeah, and, and two, I, I think that when you have, like you said, with the mega scan stuff, um, mega scans, meta human, that's all part of the unreal like yeah. library. Right. So, yeah. so like if I'm an indie developer, right. And I'm thinking of doing this, this game or experience or whatever, am I going to go with unity or should I go with unreal, which has all these packaged things that I can use, yeah. you know, and it starts to just make the industry more and more, I guess, uh, one note, right. Yeah. Because everybody's using, uh unreal because it has all these assets that are free to use and you know yeah rather than diversity which yeah just in general right you'd like to see yeah and especially indie like you said it's important for you to stand out and now you're using the same thing as everyone else it's kind of hard the edge like you we were mentioning is getting slimmer and it really does take just enough to kind of stand above everyone else um this is indie and, and big man i'm seeing it both ways uh, that's why i think the t- trend the next couple of years is gonna be towards the stylus i'm already seeing it with a lot of studios where uh people are not so concerned about hardware and pushing the limit <clears throat> and, and i think that's going to be a game for first party like <clears throat> microsoft and, and sony to kind of keep at it in the realistic space um i'm i I anticipate more like little big nightmares you know uh super hyper real but in a fantasy gore type of look and then uh horizon zero dawn that just came out something along those lines where it's it's real but like fantasy real right it's not (laughs) call duty or last of us it's like you can't be that anymore it's too yeah i wouldn't say it's not easy to make those games, but it is too easy to replicate that art style. Yeah, they said, uh, what was that one game? Uh, I haven't played it yet, but Lost Ark, which is supposed to be pretty good. Oh, was yeah, like, yeah. Kind of that like fantasy, uh, low stylized bit stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, which did really well. And it was free to play, I think. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> so there's a lot of, I think, opportunities. I mean, not, not to kind of bash on them. It's great. It's a great time to be a game dev. You have a game idea that, it, you know, it's doable now from start to finish. Um, but like you said before, you have to find that edge. And fortunately, it's going back to those boring classes in colleges and, and kind of reminding <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, kind of reminding ourselves like how, how exactly this fits <laughs> into into well, my, my workload. You know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get excited about about doing those little uh, sketches, even though they never get shown or whatever, and they're not exciting to look at. Right? It's like, oh, look, dude, I just did this box with uh, rounded corners on it, and I actually plotted out the rounded corners accurately. You know, like yeah. nobody cares, nobody wants to see that, but I got excited about it, and yeah. actually, you know, I feel like it. It's making me a better artist in one way or another. Mm-hmm. You see, you see how it benefits you. I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people have trouble seeing the end result. Like your students right now, right? It's <laughs> like, what? Why are you teaching me yeah. this? I know how to do triangles, son. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, how how is the the teaching thing been with you? Like, uh, I know you you had the school. Yeah. Well, the school is going. I actually had to put down pause uh, for a little while as I was kind of focusing on other industry. But like you, I was teaching. Man, almost as long as I was in the industry, um, I would say half, at least half of my career was teaching at physical schools at first for like three years straight and then slowly online. Um, And uh, it's this is where I always get jealous of you guys concept wise. Right. Uh, You know, it's a pencil and paper. Right. Or in your case, Wacom pen with Photoshop. Right. Nothing really changes in terms of technology. 3D, man. If <laughs> something I just finished recording is already outdoor, outdated, like two seconds later, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things um, with any technology-based uh, uh, education or knowledge. It's very hard to kind of keep everyone up to date. Um, 
And that's yeah, the challenge, yeah. at least on the teaching side. It's like, oh, this new tool came out. So everything that you learned up to now is not completely useless, right? I think a lot of that knowledge can still go into um, lower tier, like uh, mobile. Uh, Apple Watch didn't go anywhere, but like mobile, <laughs> mobile, yeah, yeah. or uh, even Valorant, right? Valorant has a lot of uh, old school techniques in how you guys build those environments. Very old school techniques. So um, in that way, stylized games. Uh, find a lot of these old techniques very useful. Uh, yeah. And I, but it's hard to convince students that, right? Because they're so... They don't want to learn the flashy. Yeah. Unreal 5, what is the latest and greatest? You know, you're the old guy, I'm the young guy. You know, especially with Nanite now. Nanite, I don't oh, know yeah, how... That's going to solve everybody's problems, bro. That's yeah, you just... From ZBrush <laughs> to Unreal. And in some cases, yeah, you can do that. And it's amazing. But, you know... <laughs> not every game is going to be built with that. It's yeah, certainly yeah. not mobile, um, but it's very hard to kind of convince students <laughs> that uh, it's like, yo, I'm not trying to make NES games, dude. I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> NES like, games. They don't even get that shit out of my face. I know. Is. Right. It's like, okay, grandpa, uh, <laughs> like PSP is old to them. Right. It was like yeah. PSP. It's oh like, my God. Dude. PSP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's different. I know. <laughs> So uh, I think that's always the, the 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 struggle between students and teacher, at least for me, right? The technology part. Uh, yeah, it's hard to kind of keep them relevant, and or at least care about uh, the old stuff as much as the relevant stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of the same with. The, I mean, we don't have the technology like issue as much, right? I think the biggest thing is just that, like saying, "Oh, hey, with the three D stuff now, it's not so much Maya and." moto or whatever it is in 3ds max it's it, the industry standard now is just blender just go download it's it it's all free. blender yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing yeah which is good right because it's free and it's like actually a really good tool especially for concept um, it is good and it is great and it's updated all the time, all the time. with the latest greatest um yeah. and like a huge community for add-ons and things like that which make it even easier to do things in there um especially if you don't have to make it if, if, if you're not looking to make things like production ready, right. You can yeah. model something and it'd be sloppy and that's perfect for what I do. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like the struggle for on my end is, is keeping them grounded and saying, Hey, like, let's not jump there too quick. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe learn how to draw a box, you know, that might help you yeah. <laughs> it, like, at least in my experience, it might help you, but what do I know? I'm an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> We're all getting old. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you one last thing here. Um, the number one concern that I have, because it is a different world, right? And I do feel this remote thing is best reserved for uh, experience, more seasoned and responsible artists, right? What I feel in, uh, you know, in several ways, a lot of students are coming into this uh, kind of pandemic remote thing and I don't think that's healthy for their learning uh, to be a part of you know the work environment and and like <laughs> like I feel I haven't maybe that's one of those you know future episodes that I would love to come kind of talk about like new 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 developers coming into this kind of post-covid world well have you seen any of that or do you have students that are going into the workforce and basically remote Base from start, most likely for the next three five years. And uh, do you see that as healthy, unhealthy? Your thoughts? I, yeah, I, I I do. I can think of one student. I, I had a student named uh, Irie Pan, who's like this amazingly talented artist and great person. Um, I, and I taught her at brainstorm, and she's a senior concept artist at Blizzard now. Um, and she, I'm pretty sure, like, she did like full remote from out of school into working at Turtle Rock with me and then to Blizzard. Um, so, and, and I think in her case, uh, she didn't, she didn't suffer from like any like negatives in terms of, you know, like picking up bad habits from working from home, but she did for sure miss out on, fun uh, yeah. on like the, the fun office. stuff. Yeah. Of, like being in the office. Right. Cause like, you know, I, and, and I'm really sad that I didn't get to work with her like physically at Turtle Rock because that would have been like really fun. Right. And as you know, like the Turtle Rock environment and the maps and maps team was like really awesome. Um, so that's a bit, that's a shame. And I do think that 
overall, like it's, it's like a net negative to, to start your career, uh, working from home. Um, if, if the intention is that you're going to be working as a full-time artist in the games industry, right? Like, of course there's like the freelance, the freelance route and contracting and things like that. And that's a whole different discussion because most of the time, you know, like there's, there's cases where you do go in, but there's, it's a lot more common, at least in concept that, uh, you could probably just do a full remote. But again, like if you're, if you're intending to be a full-time artist, I feel like they're, they're missing, they're for sure missing out on a lot of things because, um, you know, just the whole Slack and, and Google, Google meetings and stuff like that as a way of interacting with your coworkers on a daily basis. Um, when you're supposed to be face to face, it's just not the same, you know, I, I, yeah, I just wish that, uh, it wasn't that way, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They're fucked. Uh, I would add on to that. <laughs> I would say this, right. Because if I think about, you know, as we're getting more senior leads and, you know, as we go up the, the ladder, right. Uh, we, we tend to recommend friends, right. It's a very referral based industry. Um, I don't think about that person that worked really hard at his computer and I never talked to. Right. And which is what basically zoom meetings are, right. You meet people essentially just to talk about, Hey, how's your work, blah, blah, blah. And then you leave, which is what this environment is. All my best connections have always been outside of work is like playing basketball with you guys. You know, yeah. those are the people I recommend because I created connections outside of work or in the workplace or we're just fucking around in the cubicle. Right. And it's not ever really about, wow, he was really good at making art. I, you know, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. it's like a plays a little bit. Right. But for sure it's, it's like the cumulative memories of like how they were as a person. Right. And yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I do see that as a potential danger to all these badass artists that are fully remote as they get further along in their careers. Um, because, you know, how often are you going to re- recommend that type of person? Right. Dude, that's such, yeah, memory. Yeah. that's yeah. such a good point, dude. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even really think about that because, um, yeah, that, damn, that's such a good point, man. Um, because the way, you know, again, I, I didn't mention this before, but the way that, part of the reason why I also got the job at riot was because DMAC recommended me, um, when, when, uh, yam hit him up about it. Cause he's like, Oh, Hey, DMAC worked with Shinde. Maybe I should ask DMAC about it. And, you know, obviously like me and DMAC were were very close and and all that stuff. So like, you know, gave me a good recommendation and stuff, but like, I wonder if that would have been different if we never actually met face to face, you know? For yeah, sure, like not. it's got to be like that. <laughs> yeah, he would have been like, "Oh yeah, like he's." It would have been. It, it would have been more of like a vague generalization, I imagine. Right? Yeah. If all he had yeah. was your R station to go off of, so yeah, I guess he's good. And try him out. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is like when we recommend people, it's the personality, and you just don't get that in this type of environment. Unfortunately, I think that's the biggest downside. This is remote. Right. There's a lot of upside, but this is the biggest downside. You just don't have that personality reference from all yeah. these other things that we do in the office and lunchtime. Right. You don't have that. I wonder what it's going to be five years down the line, how these people actually progress up the ladder. Right. Because I think the same people who are recommending or promoting and all this stuff or starting studios together they're still going to hang on to the memory before COVID. It's like, Oh, I worked with this guy in the office and I'm, I'm exact same way. You know, there's people that I'm only meeting through uh, online interaction and it's very hard to kind of like get that same level of uh, uh, joy that I get when I'm working with someone in office and having all the experience. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, that is an hour. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, sparing your time uh, hanging out with dude. me. Uh, I would like to say that this is the part where I shut up, hand over the mic to let the good people direct to you on how to find you uh, and, and connect with you if they want to. Uh, cool. Yeah, I am. Let's see. I'm on Twitter at uh, mshinde underscore art. Um, I don't have an Instagram because I what i'm a terrible artist (laughs) um let's see other than that i just have a facebook uh and then twitter and i have an art station which you can just type my name in there and find and then um 
Let's see, other than that, uh, I'm slowly working on putting out a Gumroad video nice. on uh, some keyframe illustration techniques. So be on the lookout for that. Eventually, when I get done with it, I'm a, like crazy busy right now with all the billions of different things I'm trying to get done for work. So I will try and have it out ASAP. And when I do, I will post on Twitter about it. All right. So, yeah. And we will share all the links in description as always will be found on the video links and all that stuff. So uh, at the very least, man, I uh, want to thank you for your time and see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail feature, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody